Right around me be falling, but he bids me go through the voice of woe. His voice to me is calling, and he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own, and the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. You may be seated. Blessing to see you here tonight. Thank you. Thank you, God, for being for allowing us to be here. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedules to be here. And there are some who are visiting. Thank you for coming to be here. And just glad to be here to worship God. Let's go to God in prayer, please. Heavenly Father, we think about the heavens and the earth and your magnificence. We can't help but to bring glory and honor to your name. To just think that. You love us so very much. You sent your dear son to die on that cruel cross of Calvary. And as a result, we are here today. We are here because of your grace and mercy, for your, because of your compassion and because of your great love. And now we're worshiping you. I pray, Lord God, that our worship will be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. And we'll clear our minds of all worldly thought. And we'll think of you for this moment, Lord God, for this time will erase from our minds, from our hearts, all the struggles of life and just think about you. Help us, Lord God, to be able to divert our minds from the flesh to the spiritual. These things we thank you for and pray in that wonderful name of Jesus Christ would be thy will. Amen. John chapter 14, keeping your eyes on the prize. I kind of um, enjoyed the fact that the PowerPoint wasn't working this morning because I was able to deviate a little bit, but I'm glad it's working tonight. No deviation. John 14, verses 1 and 2. Um, you ever been in that point, in that place in your life, you ever talked to someone who was struggling in their lives, and through their struggles, they didn't know where to go? And brethren, we always know where to go. It's always to God. And I want to encourage you in your day-to-day activity to become, make this a habit to always focus on heaven. And as I said this morning, to never give up on Jesus. So focusing on heaven. The greatest time in Peter's life, before the cock crows three times, you will deny me. Before the cock crows, Peter, the deepest hour of his life, denied the Lord. And then Jesus says in John 14, verse 1 and verse 2, in the context of the statement, let not your heart be troubled, believe in God, believe also in me. And look at where he focused him. He focused his mind to heaven. In my Father's house, in heaven, in the heavenly realm, 
There are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would not have told you. For I go prepare a place for you. God wants his children. Please turn to Colossians chapter 3. God wants his children to remain focused. And our focus, as it's on God, must also be on heaven. For heaven is this amazing gift by the grace of God that he's promised to his children. And we just have to stay faithful to him until the end. It's always keep your eyes on the prize. Keep your eyes on things above. Colossians 3 and verse 1. If then you have been raised up with Christ, you love the condition. If you're a Christian, is what he's saying. If you're a child of God, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on these things above and not on the things that are on the earth. So thank you for just a moment what he's saying. He's saying to us, there's a place in your life where we're going to get sidetracked. And that's what Satan tries to do. He tries to sidetrack our mind. And you're going to start thinking about the flesh. How often does that happen, brethren? Someone's like, constantly. But he says, you've got to refocus your mind. Keep your mind focused on things above. Verse 3 says, For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Keeping your mind focused on heaven. Now, Jesus, John chapter 6, John chapter 6. Jesus was teaching and the teaching was a little troubling. I mean, it was so deep that these folks had a hard time accepting what he had to say. And as they were struggling with this, the Bible says that many who were following him left because they couldn't handle the depth of God's message. Let me tell you something, brother. Even some of us struggle with some of the depth of God's message. We want to make God's message as soft as we possibly can to make us feel better. But that's not the way this book is written. The book is written to take us deep into the heart of God. And God's heart is deep. So Jesus was teaching, and in verse 60, uh, many, therefore, of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a difficult statement. Who can listen to it? In other words, who can listen to these heavenly things where our minds supposed to be focused? And the text goes on to say in verse 61, but Jesus, conscious that his disciples grumbled at this, said to them, does this cause you to stumble? What then if you should behold the Son of Man ascending where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. How do we handle the idea that Jesus says the flesh profits nothing? What? For some of us, the flesh is everything. Jesus says, this is nothing. Keep your mind focused on heavenly things. Verse 64 says, But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe, and who it was that would betray him. And he was saying, For this reason I have said to you, that no one can come to me unless it has been granted him from the Father. As a result of this, many of his disciples withdrew and were not walking with Jesus anymore. 
And isn't that sad? That's the condition of a lot of members of the church. They just don't walk with Jesus anymore. I mean, they, they heard something that was convincing enough to cause them to walk away from the Lord. Some, some trials in our lives are so devastating it's caused some folks to walk away from the Lord. Sometimes from within we find ourselves bickering in the Lord's church and some members walk away from the Lord. You have to absolutely love the context. When Jesus looks over and he sees the multitude walking away and he looks to his disciples and Jesus said, verse 67, Therefore through the twelve, you do not want to go away also, do you? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Heaven. Keep your minds focused on heaven. John chapter 8. Always on heaven. Verse 12. Again, therefore Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in the darkness, but shall have the light of life. The light. And in Jeremiah 10, it's, everything's put in perspective in verse 23. That is not in man. It is not in us. As intelligent as we are, it is not in man to direct his own steps. It's just not in us. I know we possibly could, but we will never go the right way if we do it on our own. We have to walk with Jesus. I know that tests some of our pride. Turn to Psalm 119. The idea that I can never, that I could do it on my own, not without Jesus, brethren. That is an absolute impossibility. But Satan has convinced us that for some reason, some of us can walk on our own without the direction of Jesus. And that's a lie. I know God is not a man to direct his own steps. So as we keep our focus on heaven, we also need to keep our eyes on the, on the path. Keep our eyes on the path of Jesus. Keep our eyes on the light of God. Verse 105, uh, for thy word, O God, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It is the word of God that directs us. How, well, this morning, I think, uh, Jay Lee mentioned, uh, turn to Proverbs chapter 6, please, that, you know, there's this book now, it's on the back table there, 28 days, and you pick it up and you read it and you can read through the Bible and stay in the word. It is designed to keep us in the Word. You've got to stay in the Word because if we're in the Word, we're on the path and we've got to stay on the path. It's when we get away from the Word that we get off that path. Right? And just talk to people sometimes. You'll talk to some, even some Christians. And you start listening to them talk and you start going, well, that's not in the Bible. What happened? They got on the wrong path. Stay in the Word to stay on the path of Jesus. Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 23. For the commandment is a lamp, and the teaching is light, and reproofs for disciple or discipline are the way of life. It's the word of God, it's not me. Proverbs chapter 4, it has never been me, it will never be me, and it will never be you. It's the word of God, and we surrender to that, and we stay on this path that God has set for us. Proverbs chapter 4, and the verse is 25. Let your eyes look directly ahead and let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you. Watch the path of your feet and all your ways will be established. Do not turn to the right nor to the left. Turn your foot from evil. I wonder sometimes when we read the Bible, how many of us actually believe what it says? You know, I mean, sometimes you read it and you go, you know, it says, all your steps will be established. Does that really mean that when it says that? 
Or was that just a hyperbolic uh, statement? Does God really mean that when he says, I got you covered. I got your entire life covered. Just follow me. Does it really mean that? Turn to chapter 8, please. Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 17. Keeping our eyes on the path. I love those who love me. And those who diligently seek me will find me. Wisdom. God. So we're seeking God. We're seeking the things above. We're seeking the path of God. And we're striving to stay on that path. Keep on seeking the Lord. Keep on seeking his will. Right? His will in in your life. Turn to Psalm 53. Continue to seek the will of God in your life. You know what that means, right? That means that I have to surrender my will sometimes. In fact, oftentimes, I have to surrender my will in order... To seek God's will. For example, forgiveness. Right? How about that one? Oftentimes, I got to seek God's will for seeking my own will. I'm not ready to forgive, but you have to. But I don't want to love him. He's my enemy, but you have to. And you know, I'll tell you something. A lot of Christians struggle with loving their enemy. You have to love your enemy. The Bible tells you to. I have to set aside my will, my rights, my me, 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 in order to accept the will of God. Keep on seeking the will of God in your life. Psalm 53 in verse 2. God has looked down from heaven upon the sons of men to see if there is anyone who understands, who seeks after God. Let's think for just a moment. Turn to 2 Chronicles 16. If there's anyone who seeks after God, God, after the will of God, after the mind of God, after salvation, if there's anyone who's seeking after God this evening, the question is, am I truly seeking after God? Remember the Garden of Gethsemane? Jesus said, Father, if it be thy will, remove this cup. But through the strength and through his desire and through his love, not my will, but thine done. And he went to the cross. Am I willing to do that? Am I truly seeking after God and his will in my life? Second Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. You've acted foolishly in this. Indeed, from now on, you will surely have wars. And so here, here is, I want you to get just this part. That God is looking for an opportunity to take every one of us to that next level in our spiritual faith, in our spiritual walk. And then to continue to take us to the next level in this walk with Jesus. Are you ready for that? Matthew, please, chapter 7. And he's seeking people who are looking to do his will, that he might be able to support and strengthen and bless and take to that next level. When he chose the disciples, Jesus, as he prayed to the Father, here are these vessels that I'm ready to take to that next level. Are you ready to go to that next level in spirituality and your spiritual walk with Jesus? Are you willing to seek, to truly seek God with all of your heart? Verse 7, 
It all comes back to asking. Asking, ye shall, it shall be given to you. Seeking, ye shall find. Knock, and the door will be open. And so it's ask, and then it's ask, isn't it? It's all about asking. Ask, seek, and knock. And it's about asking. God, God is willing to take us to that next level for everyone who asks, everyone who is seeking, everyone who's there, everyone who receives. If you're willing for God to take you to that next level, he will take you there. Verse 8 says, for everyone who asks, receives, and he who seeks, finds, and to him who knocks, it will or shall be open. Are you ready? Now here's, here's the scary side of this. Turn to Isaiah uh, chapter 55. Here's the scary part. Have you ever been out talking to people in the community? And you ask them for a Bible study or you invite them to the Lord in some way. And they say, I'm not ready yet. You know how many people have died in that state? You know what's scary to me? I remember being in that state. I remember saying, I'm not really, I'm not ready yet. Thank you, God. And here I am today, a Christian, a child of his. Verse 6 of Isaiah 55, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man, his thoughts, and let him return to the Lord, and he will have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Am I willing, truly, 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 to seek the Lord, his will in my life? And then, and then finally, on this, this thought of keeping our eyes on the prize, Christians, do you really, truly, actually trust God? Proverbs chapter 3. I mean, do you really, truly, honestly trust him? Do you trust him with your life? Do you trust him with your soul? Do you truly, actually, when you search deep inside of your own heart, do you truly trust him? Verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. See, one of the things that weakens our faith is trust, belief. I know, you say, well, well, you know, we can't see God, and, and so uh, turn to Psalm 37. And so because we can't see God, you know, it's kind of difficult sometimes to truly believe him, believe in him, to trust him. And if it's difficult for a Christian to truly trust him or believe in him, how much harder for the world? So tonight, the question really deep that you have to answer is, do you truly, do I truly, really, honestly trust God with my life, with my soul, with my will? Verse 3, Psalm 37. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desire of your heart. Commit your ways to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he will do it. He, will he really do all of that? 
Will he really do all of that? Trust in the Lord, verse, verse 3. And do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Here's the part. Here's my part. Right? Here's my part. Here, I'm, I'm going to trust in the Lord. My part. I'm going to do good. Right? Every day I'm focusing on doing good. And I'm, I'm cultivating. Right? Every day I'm, I'm putting something in. Something that's valuable. I'm working for the Lord. And I'm faithfully doing it. And then I am delighting myself. I am delighting myself in the Lord. This is still Psalm 37. I'm delighting myself in the Lord. And then, because I transform my heart, my mind, God will give me the delight of my soul. Because my delight is all about God. This morning, do I really, truly, honestly trust Him? Psalm 62, this evening rather. Psalm 62 in verse 5. And all of this is going to bring us to one verse that I want us to look at and close out in just a moment. Psalm 62 in verse 5. My soul, wait in silence for God only. For my hope is from Him. You know, all the psalms you read about trusting in God, it's all about God being a refuge and the psalmist being in some kind of trouble. And they, and they finally figured out That, you know, if I just trust in the Lord, if I just wait on God, He will deliver me. And I think about the times that, just using David as an example, that David hid out in the cleft of the rock, or in some cave, or at the mountain's edge, or wherever he was when Saul was in heavy pursuit of him, or with the Philistines, and the whole situation of his life. And now he had to sit there in silence. And he could hear outside the rumbling of the soldiers while he was inside of the cave. And as Saul began to approach him as he was hiding in the cave, and them reminding themselves to, shh, he's here. And if he catches us, he's going to kill us all. And hiding from Absalom. He had a lot of time to reflect. And he waited on God. And God was there. My soul wait in silence for God only. For my hope is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I shall not be shaken on God my salvation And my glory rest. The rock of my strength, my refuge is in God. Trust in Him some of the time. Most of the time. When I'm sick. Trust in Him all or at all times, O people. God is a refuge for us. Always. In good times and in bad times. If you cannot trust God in good times, it's going to be really hard to trust Him in bad times. And so it's today saying, thank you, Lord, for this day. Another day. Another perfect day. Thank you, God, for this day. And when those 
bad times, those struggles, those challenges come knocking on your door, you could say, thank you, God, for this day, another day, because I know you're in it. I know you're with me. I trust you. All of that to bring us to 1 Peter chapter 5, a passage that you know very well, and you've quoted it and you've thought about it. But do I really trust him? Can I really do this? Is this passage really true? Casting all your anxiety on him. Because he cares for you. What are you worried about tonight? Stop worrying. Stop worrying. Give it to him. Trust Him. Trust that you can give it to Him and He will say thank you and He will take care of it. In fact, He's already taken care of it. He's already done it. I I don't know if I have that kind of faith, Tony. But that's the kind of faith that God demands. Trust Him at all times. Casting all of your cares all of your anxious moments, all of the anxiety of your heart, all the things you've been worrying about, everything that you're thinking about, and you're trying to find a solution to trust God. Tonight, keep your eyes on the prize. Keep thinking about heaven. Focus in heaven. Stay on the path. Stay in the light. Stay in His Word and trust Him. If you're not a child of God, we encourage you to become one. To surrender to the God of the universe. After having heard his word and believed it and had godly sorrow in your heart. Being willing to confess his name, be baptized, immersed in water for the remission of your sins. And if you're a child of God and you're struggling, we can pray with you, pray for you. If there is anything, if there's something we can do, please make it known while together we stand and sing our song of invitation. bowed low in the darkness as black as could be and my heart felt alone and I cried oh Lord don't hide your face 